Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewen. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, Nat. Hey, Sandy. How's it going? I'm good. Awesome. Did you watch the the documentary? The documentary? The documentary about Bikram? Ugh, gross. Yeah. I was the whole time sitting there. I was like, who does he remind me of? What? It was really? so, yeah, it was so eerie. And then it's like, who is the other person right now in the world who has a lot of attention on him who is like an extreme compulsive liar? Oh, <laughs> Oh, I see yeah. where you're going. It's like oh, man, Donald yeah. Trump teaching a yoga class. Oh. But then you think like that's a terrible thing and you're like, well, fuck, Donald Trump is the president of the US. Yeah, that's... which is maybe even more terrible. Yeah, there's like some <laughs> ridiculous similarities with their personality and uh, like lying and a lack yeah. of clarity and thinking that they yeah. exist in a, another dimension. Yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah. They, laws I know don't the... apply to them. The first bit where he was like, um, I, I don't know if it was the narrator, I forget, or if it was him. Spoiler alert, guys. So we're talking about the Bikram um, documentary on Netflix. Um, and there's a bit in the beginning where he says like either either him or the narrator is like, yeah, he was involved in like the 1974 Olympics or something as like a champion weightlifter. And then he got something dropped on his foot and then he found yoga to heal his foot. So I was like, what really like really he was in the olympics because like that's like sure people do things after the olympics but like to get to the olympics it's not just like i worked really hard and i got to the olympics it's like a huge support system you know what i mean it's like a, it's a huge thing like for a canadian to make it to the olympics like snowboarding they've been doing it for like so so long and it takes so much support anyway so i looked it up and he he wasn't right <clears throat> and that just led to like oh my god he keeps saying all these things that he did but it's not true. It, he's just like fucking pulling literal shit out of his ass, calling it gold and being like, now buy my gold. It's like, fuck. Makes me so mad. And well, that's, yeah, it's one thing to just be a person who lies and people may or may not believe you, but to people hang their livelihoods on it. Oh, I know. I know. Extremely disturbing. I know. I know. I felt so bad for people who were like, who who invested themselves in this as a brand and was like, I, I have a career in Bikram. And then that's just like shattered now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ugh, it's disgusting. But anyway, it's a must watch. I think it's like important dialogue for yogis to be aware of, um, especially when we like, what sort of gets me sometimes is that a lot of teachers will um, and a lot of students will hold up lineage as though it were this fabulous, fabulous thing um, that we should all achieve towards. Um, and in some ways, it's like, yes, a lot of things lineage has given us um, informs our current teaching. However, there's also like sexual predators. <laughs> I fuck well, <yeah>. that. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's so, there's so many elements of of bad in this story. Um, yeah, just with like the sexual predator thing, and then the whole like yeah lineage thing is different. I, I always, I mean, I, I know some people are really held to lineage and um, spiritual teachings, and that's been profound in their lives. And I don't really. I don't, I'm not going to say that they shouldn't teach that or that's bad, but I just think that we have, if we're teaching it, you have to kind of look back and think, what if like, what if there's another Bikram before Bikram? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like that's not mm-hmm. documented mm-hmm. on film. And yes, there are X amount of people who benefited and they're going on teaching, but there's the the not great things that get passed down. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's that's exactly it. Like, I, I think, I don't know, I, I feel like we're in a world now where, you know, like we, we have so much critical thought in um, some, some media, <laughs> at least the podcast space is still pretty critical, right? There, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people in the podcast cast space that leaves a lot of room for critical thought and debate. Um, and if we keep going in this direction, you know, I think we're going to have to throw out certain things that yoga lineage has given us. And I don't I don't think I don't see that as a bad thing. Right. Like there, we should mm-hmm. throw out c- certain things like I don't I don't personally think that this guru um, idea is applicable in modern life anymore. Yeah. I mean, it, it's par- it parallels religion because. Think of like Christianity and all the ways it has been practiced from. Yeah. Yeah. 2000 years ago to now a religion in general from like 6000 years ago to now i mean there's times when it was completely accepted in in religions and well still is in certain religions but just talking about christianity for like women to really have no rights whatsoever and yeah do, mm-hmm. play certain roles and you know yeah and we know now that that's not right and that's not great yeah (laughs) like there's so much shame and oh my gosh like there's so many there's so many things so like look like you have to look at things through the lens of now and say what is right like what is morally correct and what is actually what what are we doing to help each other and if it's exactly dropping some of the tradition i'm okay with that yeah absolutely yeah yeah i i totally agree with everything you just said anyway so that's why i I think that's why we do this yeah, it's part of why we do this. Yeah, a large part of why we do this. Oh, it's fucking, oh, it's just so gross. My boyfriend watched it with me and he was like astounded. He was so shocked. Yeah, Eric was like half watching it. And What? How do you half watch? <laughs> it's so shocking. I know. He downloaded a meditation app and he was like really into it. So I couldn't really, oh. I don't know. He was like sitting there with his eyes closed <laughs> being extremely adorable. So I was like, okay. Aww, that is really cute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> While you're watching this like horrific thing. Yeah, and I'm like yelling at the TV. <laughs> that's hilarious. And he's trying to z- zone you out. That's that's pretty yeah. That's pretty cute. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> um okay, one last thing before we dive into the topics for today. So, um just about like public perception and uh um our our perception because i've i've been around like the space and people like you for so long that sometimes i like i guess i a little bit lose touch with what's out there <clears throat> or at least like what people think out there um so i have been walking down the stairs um so i had a knee injury back in like 
October, November, October, I think it was October. Um, and it's healed. It's fine now. Uh, but I've held off like any impact. So I don't jump like repetitively. <laughs> like I don't skip rope and I don't run anymore um, just to allow it to heal. So what I've been doing is going down uh, like one or two flights of stairs every day um, just to begin to train some uh, resilience back into my knee because your knee should be able to cushion you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a neighbor here. I live on the 22nd floor and I walk down to like either 20 or 19. Maybe next week I'll go to 18. But anyway, so I walk down a little bit and then, <laughs> and then I get the elevator to go all the way down because I, I just don't think I'm ready to go all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah, like that's just going to lead to re-injury at this point, I believe. Um, and it doesn't hurt. It feels actually fine, right? Which is what I want to stay within. And so I was on the elevator. I get on the elevator and like one of my neighbors from the 22nd floor, um, he's like, oh, did you move? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just w- walked down the stairs. I just chose to walk down like three flights of stairs. Um, he's like, oh, why? So I was giving like trying to this is like a short elevator ride right Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to give him like a little bit of background like oh i hurt my knee i want to build it back up so i'm taking the stairs every single day at least a little bit and he's like but what part of your knee did you hurt and i'm like oh the meniscus and he's like but shouldn't you stay off of it like loading um in impact And then the doors open and I had to leave. And so I, I tried to quickly say, but everything needs stress to be strong. Like, how do I? <laughs> <laughs> Through the elevator doors. <laughs> I say, bye. <laughs> anyway, it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it, which just like, it's just this like, I don't know, like a light bulb in a way that um, you know, a lot of people and maybe you listeners out there still believe that, um, oh, if you've hurt your meniscus, you should never like load it. You should never impact. You should never do jumping. You should do stairs like a lot um, anymore. And I just don't think that's true. And and we got to get this out there. You know, we got to like show people that if you treat your body like a fragile little glass thing, you're going to be a fragile little glass thing. Um, but if you allow yourself to bounce and move and stretch and pull and push and walk downstairs and walk upstairs, at least in a graded exposure where you're doing it slowly, there's no pain, um, then no, we're not like, we don't have to live in bubbles. You know, the knee will get better. It requires you to walk down the stairs to be stronger. Anyway, rant over. Yeah, no, that's good. That's so funny. I can imagine you doing that. I wonder what that guy's background is. To even, yeah, yeah, I don't to, know. To know that, like a little bit enough to have a conversation. Most people would just be like, your knee hurts. Don't do it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. And I didn't really have time to tell him, like, my knee actually right now doesn't hurt. Yeah. So maybe he thought, like, oh, you have a meniscus problem? You shouldn't walk downstairs. Like, no, it's like, it's like three months past now. <laughs> I always think of athletes in this situation – Athletes are getting injured all the time. I mean, like competitive athletes, people playing sports for money. Um, I mean, well, other athletes too, but but people that you see that are like, oh, they broke this or tore this or whatever, and like six weeks later they're back. Maybe that's too soon. Depends. But they are going through like so much treatment and so much rehabilitation that their body is built, like the stresses are built on it gradationally to be able to support movement and force Yeah. Again. Exactly. Yeah. There. It's yeah. pretty rare that someone's like taken out unless it's like major, major spinal something or other. Yeah, it could be a lot of things, but if anything, it's yeah. like arthritis mm-hmm. will slow people down. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, or like a another internal disease. A hundred percent. Yeah. <sighs> okay, let's anyway. let's go on this before 
We just have like a we random. Like, we just want to have a random chat about everything. One of those days. This episode is just going to be talking about everything. So we are going to focus on um, revolved lunge. So you're a big twist when you do your lunge. And yeah, it's funny you call it revolved. I just call it twisted lunge. I feel like I got that from somewhere. Maybe Tiffany Cruikshank says it. Oh, revolved. I don't know. It's like when you're doing revolved triangle, you're that's true. Twisting a lot in your thoracic spine. So the pose, if you're not familiar, looks like a lunge. Um, we're gonna be we're talking about with your back knee up off the ground, but we will talk about knee on the ground, and then you're twisting in the same direction as your front knee, with your elbow commonly is hooked to the outside of the knee. We'll talk to that as well. There's a lot of yeah. modification you can do there. Um, do you know the Sanskrit? No, because I don't even know like what lunges in Sanskrit. Do you? Uh, I because like it they don't. From... It's not a traditional form. Like it's a more modern asana. Ver- yeah, like yeah. a variation, right? Yeah. So, um, when I was taught it from like Ashtanga, it's uh, Parjvokanasana revolved. How do you say revolved again? I'm blanking for some Parivrita? reason. Um, Parivrita Parjvokanasana. So Utita Parjvokanasana is extended mm-hmm. side angle pose. And that would be like your arm up, the other one down the leg. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then your chest is open, whereas the Parivrita is the same legs, but your arms switch. That, so. And that is like, so it's like revolved triangle, but your front knee is bent. Yeah. It's, yeah. And the back foot is all the way down. The back foot is all the way down. Your toes are pointed to the other side yeah like it's crazy yeah it's i don't we will just talk about that once you get into it mm, not, yeah. my, not my most favorite jam <laughs> really i i think i i don't mind it i'm, I'm okay with it but my you body the mobility is, is like... but like that is ridiculously inaccessible for anyone with like an ounce of tension in their hips Yes, exactly. And I think that's why lower we back have thoracic spine. And- <laughs> but that's <laughs> it's why we've come up with like lift the back heel mm-hmm. and take those arms out of it. Okay, well, we might as well start from here because I have one thing that I can say positively I think about <laughs> Parivrita Parsvakanasana. Parsvo Kanasana? Parsva Kanasana. I think it's Parsvo. No, interesting. Okay. Because like side angle pose is Parsvakanasana. Oh, whatever. Isn't it Parsvo? No. Um, you're thinking uh, Parsvotanasana. Oh, so it is Parsva. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's Parsva. Okay. Yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. I was so what happens when we, about... do, when we don't use oh, our man. Sanskrit. Oh, man. But I mean, yeah. Sanskrit aside, it's like side angle pose. And then you're twisted. So the one good thing I have to say about that is with your back foot flat on the floor and your knee pointed, say your right leg forward, left leg back, your knee's kind of pointed over to the left. It does keep your hips from twisting. Yes. Um, If you do twist your hips, you're going to be twisting a lot in your ankle and your knee. There will be some twisting in the ankle and that's fine. It has that range of motion. The knee... A little bit less. That's a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It does have some though. So maybe it it could risk um, too much twisting in the knee if you're not paying attention to that area of your body. Um, it does although keep your hips a little more stable, which is usually nice for people with SI joint laxity or pain or 
um, immobility. Oh, that's, yeah, that's really true. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Yeah, it kind of keeps your hips in place. And then the rotation, well, then the rotation is like, your kind of hips are locked. You can't really rotate. So you have to rotate from your thoracic spine or lumbar spine or lower back doesn't rotate a whole lot. Your, where your ribs attach, your thoracic rotates more. Um, but then, yeah, the knee is a little bit. So you got to be really, if you are practicing that form, you got to be really yeah, conscious of it. And I don't know. Never taught it myself. Every time I've done it in a class, I have been internally like, what the fuck? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> um. I think, I don't know. I feel like it's like everything is, you know, like our general perspective. Everything is fair game. Try not to villainize any posture, right? Yeah. No, I get it. I think it's yeah. just like the, um, if I'm doing it, if I was to do that posture at home, I would warm into it way differently. Oh, yes. Yes. And it's yes, not yes. like I've had it yes. where it's the first twist of the class and nope. Like <laughs> nope, your hips aren't nope, even warm. Nope. Like nothing is warm. And we'll talk about that in twisting in general. Mm-hmm. warming yeah. into it no I, I really do like it. it it always feels good in my body to do the full parivita parjra kanasana but i do have like a little bit more flexibility i have short legs so the twist to get my arm to the outside of my knee is not like a, a huge degree mm-hmm. um it's to a lesser degree than someone with really long legs yeah yeah <clears throat> So that might be why too. It's like crazy hard <sighs> on my glutes and my outer hip, my glute medius and minimus. And I can't take a long, as long of a stance with it. Well, I can, I guess, if I my foot's really out to the side. It's hard with longer limbs. It's really difficult. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it also de- depends on like spinal length. If you have like a shorter spine. Mm-hmm coming across that leg would be tough but anyway um human variance aside yeah so we've kind of modified to this lunge position where both feet are pointed forward exactly to to get access to the twist i guess so the thing with a both feet pointed forward and both knees in the same direction as the toes as the hips is that um there is a tendency for the back hip to just drop sometimes mm-hmm. maybe um because the twist um if it's if you've maxed out thoracic you've maxed out lumbar then the si will begin to turn um which not is not necessarily a bad thing again we don't want to villainize um the work of the posture because for some people twisting in the si is perfectly healthy will not cause pain now or never ever um but for some people it will right um so there is the tendency to do that so some people um some teachers will just say like lift the back hip up or lift the back thigh up towards the ceiling um and that will help bring a little bit more muscular balance to the hips in that posture yeah and in order to do that in order to lift that hip it comes from the back of your hip so it's actually your back leg glutes like you're squeezing i cue a lot of squeezing with your glutes and like glutes on both sides are really going to participate in stopping your hips so that so another thing i see is your hips in general kind of sink down towards the floor i mean if you have some if you have more um, flexibility in your body it's hard to it's more work to keep yourself upright and hold you don't have those tissues automatically stopping that that motion right so you're physically using your muscles so both glutes both sides of of your booty there really have to work to keep (laughs) both sides of your hip up um yes but again yeah usually less attention to the back leg hip so you're like squeeze with your bum on this one 
Yeah. It's totally cool. Like I sometimes, somehow at some point in time, squeezing your butt became like not a thing you should do in yoga. Because I think in some postures, people can squeeze incorrectly in their butt and it's too high up near the where your pelvis and your lower back meet and that can cause some stuff in the SI joint. Um, but yeah, in this pose, the way your legs are, you're going to squeeze both of them closer to where your femur attaches to your pelvis. I think nonetheless, like no matter what you do in this posture, there is a force going through your SI. Yes. So like when my SI is irritated and I can feel it very distinctly I actually skip all twists like of all kinds Mm -hmm. um so I won't twist seated I won't twist like anywhere um so I think that's just something you you can't avoid so again it's that play between like is this a healthy stress for my SI or is this starting to be unhealthy um and the practice of lifting the glute on the back leg or lifting the the leg of the back leg like the hip of that back leg um it can help but it you're, you're still gonna have force through the si yeah totally yeah if you if you can't get that little like nagging pain to go or it's like a, just a feeling of looseness maybe or a feeling of like tension pulling tugging um, yeah then putting your back knee down will help you give more give more stability to your pelvis that's not always an option yeah yeah um, exactly. or just yeah not not doing it, skipping it, just do a lunge. Yeah. Something like that. So what what I would like if my SI were really irritated, I'd just do a lunge and lean forward with prayer hands. So I sort of look like I'm doing what everyone else is doing. Um, but I, I don't put that twisting force through the SI. And the other thing, especially with mine, because it's uh, such a long, um, it's like a long process, it's long term. Um, it hasn't acted up in a while but when it does um it's never in the posture I feel it it took it took a few months for me to learn that the twists were what was irritating it um and it would always be like those eight or nine hours after that I would just be like oh now now it's achier it's more achy than when I did that yoga class Mm. um and so the only thing was the yoga class that did it right um so you just have to like face face the truth yeah (laughs) process of elimination like this is the thing that's doing it you might yeah you might not feel it in the pose exactly yeah yeah but But you might who knows but if you're all healthy um and you don't have any si stuff you still want to use your glutes of course this is like such an amazing posture to practice um glute contraction when one's one side of your glutes is really in a long lengthened like state your front mm. leg um your glutes mm-hmm. are really long so you're practicing that contraction with really a lengthened muscle and then the other side is contracted shorter so mm-hmm. it's like two totally different opposite ways to train that contraction which builds strength and endurance yeah the asymmetry can be really can be a really good stress for your si could be a really good stress for your joints mm-hmm. maybe yeah yeah um the twist or actually let's talk about some other funky things that we see mm-hmm. so i will commonly see people really want and one of the reasons the hips get forgotten is because they they want to go they want to go where they can see right they want that twist yeah yeah exactly um and that's causing your hips to tilt so you're they're they're twisting in the hips to get more twist to be able to look up at the ceiling or something whatever wherever they want to go mm, sure yeah hook the elbow 
part of hooking the elbow is not just your the rotation in your thoracic spine, which is something that will limit you, but also how your shoulder blades slide across your back. Mm. Because your thoracic spine is going to rotate, I think it's like 35, maybe 45 degrees. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, it's not going to rotate 90. Your lumbar spine is going to rotate a little bit. I think it's like two degrees per vertebra. I think so, yeah. So, the lumbar has a really little bit. Yeah, so I think you get like 10-ish from your lumbar, 5 to 10, depending on the stiffness of your body. Like I think that's two is probably a larger range of motion for people. So, so you get 5 to 10 from your lumbar, 35 mm-hmm. to 45, and that also might be a little bit optimistic from your thoracic. You're <laughs> okay. not – so then like people are expecting to have their chest, and they're probably being cued to have your chest like face the right side of the room if you're twisting to face the right. Like at, as if your chest should – be uh, like a vertical plane and shoulders one stacked on top of the other these cues right Mm. so how are you getting 90 from those two numbers your shoulders literally have to slide across your back so to bring your the arm that's under your shoulder blade has to move away from your spine and kind of tuck more under the side of your ribs and then your top arm your shoulder has to go away in towards your spine that's going to give you that extra so your arms when you put your hands together and your nice little prayer hands the vertical line of your arms is what appears to be like this 90 degree rotation in your spine but it's not uh because they're the sternum might not be 90 degrees to the yeah I know what you mean so a lot of teachers will actually say like get your yeah so get your prayer hands your elbows um sort of like directly facing the side of your mat there into the twist and then use the leverage to turn your chest Mm -hmm. which is a lot of force through your spine yeah, it's like the chest has to go meet the prayer hands, which is a ton of force. It's yeah. a ton of force. Like you're fixing your shoulders and you're fixing your hip. Um, if your back knee's down, your hip's more fixed. If your back knee's up, it's less fixed. So maybe you would tilt a bit in the pelvis and again, depends how that feels. But you're, you've got to create that rotation, either how your shoulder blades slide on your back and in your spine. And that's that's a huge force. Mm. Well, I think, yeah, there's there's also a debate um, in the yoga world about leveraged um, postures mm-hmm. like this one. So leveraged meaning like you're using your own strength, your arm against your knee to help push you into something that gains you flexibility that you didn't have otherwise. So it's flexibility that you didn't work for. It's flexibility that you pushed yourself into. Um and there's, there's a lot of debate around, like, is that right? Should we be doing that? Does that contribute to long-term joint health? Um, what do you think? What's your perspective? I don't know. Like, I think it totally depends on <laughs> on the pose. And I mean, if you're going to go that way, then even saying, like, lying on, a floor, on the floor with a blanket on you is more force than you're working for right (laughs) yeah like I I'm with you like I don't fully agree with it I think it can be useful um as an idea but yeah I'm not like that strongly opinionated about it either I think it depends it it totally depends on what range of motion you're doing yeah to support the tension in that part of your body afterwards if you're just stretching something out stretching something out and then not pulling back on it again then Mm -hmm you are going to lose integrity 
within the connective tissue. Yeah, especially repeated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I mean, and, and so, yeah, like, a, okay, let's go back to twisted lunge. So twisted lunge can be, so you can own the flexibility that you gain. So let's say that you're on the side of the fence that says um, leveraging yourself into flexibility is not a bad thing. Okay, let's accept that. Then how do we add the strength? Um, So what I would do is, yeah, get yourself into the twisted lunge. If you'd like, you can turn your chest so that it faces aside. Uh, But once you get there, what I would want you to do is hover your elbow off the thigh, uh, hover it off the knee, hover your belly away from the thigh and maintain the angle you're twisted with, with just your obliques and your back strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hard. It's super hard. Yeah. Like you can do, uh, that would be like a peak pose, I think for oh, me, absolutely. like if you're, if you're really doing it in, in that way. So that would be like the last, one of the last times that you practice it in your class and you would be practicing several twists before this, because the first time you go into a twist, um, where you're asking your thoracic spine and your shoulders to do so much, it's going to feel garbagey if you try and get them to stay without hugging. So preparation for twists is extremely important and we think a lot about moving the two things twists can be preparation for a lot of other movement and then other movement can be preparation for twists just the movement of your thoracic spine in general but also moving your shoulders on your back like I was saying so maybe practicing um cat cows and while you're doing your cat cows you're actually concentrating on sliding your shoulder blades in and out because a lot of people have locked shoulder blades locked along from the sitting position mm, um, yeah rhomboids get kind of shoulders forward they're in the long position fascia gets dry yeah. they lose the ability to contract they lose the ability to slide around with with yeah. the amount of ease that is required in this type yeah. of posture and, and when you lose that ability your brain doesn't know what do mm-hmm. if that makes sense it's like you lose this connection to it um so story time story time <clears throat> are you ready are excited yeah ding 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 story time grab a seat <laughs> i think stories help like illustrate a point and this one's a real one so it's a um a workshop i was teaching and so i had them do protraction retraction with nothing except like sit on the ground arms out in front of you protract retract look into the mirror make sure that you're only going protract retract not elevation right because mm-hmm. sometimes the trapezius will take over and lift whereas all i wanted was just forward and back protract retract and then i had them um come into tabletop and um there's this one woman as soon as she put her hands on the floor shoulder blades wouldn't move not at all nothing hmm. yeah right so it's like pec tension i, I would say I or maybe or less. maybe but then as soon as her hand so i'm like okay let's go against the wall she put her hands against the wall um still didn't know how to move them she just couldn't connect to the movement anymore mm-hmm. yeah and then i put so i i had her stand facing me we both straightened out our arms we put palm to palm and then i told her to protract recheck she still didn't know how crazy <laughs> crazy right so i think it's just i think it's just as soon as her hands touched something and there's that proprioceptive um something or other her shoulder blades just immediately wouldn't budge they just want to move mm-hmm. even if there's no body weight like her hands touching my hands we weren't leaning into each other it was just like 
touching yeah because I I, I kind of wanted to see like okay so what is this like mm-hmm. is it the body weight and it wasn't like I don't at least I don't think it was maybe but anyway <laughs> that's very interesting isn't that interesting it's like her brain just couldn't connect to it and you never got her in like the whole class you can never sort it out um so once my hands were touching her hands I had someone else stand behind her and put their hands on her shoulder blades mm. yeah so there's another proprioceptive touch and then to try to have her move her shoulder blades and she got a little bit more movement but it still wasn't as like um fluid as if she was just doing it without any touch on her hands crazy I, I think I should have had her hold something I wonder like hold a block and then protract retract did you have the elbows straight uh yeah i think so i wonder if you would have just bent the elbows 90 degrees oh maybe yeah yeah there's a lot of other things i could have played with but anyway mm-hmm. it's it's a really i think I, like the the whole point of story time is just to to say i don't know yeah no that's, that's the point that's the, well <laughs> <I> lost it <laughs> you can practice something in one posture and doesn't necessarily translate into another posture your brain like you. yeah you're sometimes those neural pathways are just funky <laughs> i know you can yeah, try like it, it is the yeah. best it is the best way to to practice a movement unloaded and then progressively load it right mm-hmm, um, right but sometimes there's something else kind of blocking <laughs> something blocking yeah 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 um but yeah it's really interesting that's super interesting yeah but anyhow, oh. um, yeah, but movement of the shoulder blades on the back is very important for really getting like the extra 45 degrees of that twist. Your shoulders mm-hmm. have yeah. to move. It's a huge yeah. amount. And then so if you are ever cued by a teacher to not move your shoulders and twist, then please do not expect your elbow to be outside of your knee. It's just not <laughs> going to ha- unless you really drop your hips and you twist your hips a lot too. That's a different posture whatever mm. you know interesting understanding yeah, yeah, yeah. the range of motion that's normal within your body and of course there's exceptions to that all the time but like really a 90 is not your head does the rest of it too if you're like looking to the side your 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 cervical spine yeah. does a lot and that's not gonna move where your shoulders are yeah exactly yeah yeah another thing is coming into the twist with flexion in your thoracic spine rather than cueing like this straight extended spine. Okay. And I'm trying to find this on the interwebs and if I can find it before, if I can find something before we post this episode, I will (laughs) put it in the show notes, but Mm. it's been taught to me by so many extremely experienced teachers. And I've heard Jules Mitchell say it uh, Mm. and she does biomechanics and I'm not saying she's right, and I'm not saying these people are right, but I feel like there is something to it, to coming into a twist, first practicing flexion in your thoracic spine, so kind of rounding the part of your yeah. back where your ribs are attached, yeah. and then twisting, yeah, as opposed yeah. to flexing, like the, the cues that say more cued in probably like a chair twist, like inhale length in your spine, exhale twist. Not super Mm. helpful. So you're saying like arch the thoracic spine from neutral? Mm -hmm. Round. Round it forward. And some of the work to get there involves uh, or could involve something like you're in your lunge, 
right leg forward, put your right hand on your front thigh. So same arm and leg, your hand is just down Mm -hmm. on your thigh, reach your left arm up, take an inhale there if you want. And as you exhale, you kind of reach your left arm diagonally towards the top right hand corner of your mat and lean forward and Mm -hmm. down. So total rounding of your spine. And that feels good in so many areas of your body, like your lats and all through your back. Oh, it's yummy. So do that a couple of times, that kind of like flossing, hydrating Mm -hmm. the fascia and all of your muscles. And then the last one, keep the rounding and then turn, slide your shoulders and maybe elbow outside of your knee. Then you place your hands, hug your hips in, squeeze your booty, and then yeah. turn. And then turn. Yeah. yeah. So Jules Mitchell, when she says to round, um, I think it's because biomechanically, so she describes it like a hose, like your, your spine is a hose. Yeah. Um, except it's not a straight hose. Most definitely so it's not, not. Yeah. Yeah. So it like naturally, if you're just st- standing with a neutral spine, your hose has these three curves, your neck curve, your upper back curve, your low back curve, um, actually four because you have a sacral curve as well. <clears throat> So because it is locked neutral in a curved position, when you twist a curved structure, it's not going to lean back. It's going to lean forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's why she says that because it's it's the structure of the bones are curved. They're not straight. Technically, if you were like, if all our vertebra sat one on top of the other with absolutely no curve in it, sure, you could probably lean back and forward and side to side and whatever. And, and you wouldn't have, you know, that that issue of like, where's my spine? Like, it doesn't matter because your, your spine is all straight and there's freedom of movement in all directions. But there isn't that in a in a real life spine. So I think that's where it comes from. Yeah. And I think it's like also like the shaping or the shapes, the shape of each vertebra. Yeah, with like mm-hmm. the bony prominence, the spinous process, and the trans facets. Yeah, facets, and they're like as you if you've ever looked at them individually. I remember in my three hundred, we were given like the, all the pieces, and you kind of put them together. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like some of them look like a moose, and some of them look like a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this Aww. one's like a mouse head. This one's like a caribou <laughs> or a moose head. Yeah, yeah. Very relatable yeah. here in Canada. Um, <laughs> We have like the most Canadian metaphor. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Pass the maple syrup. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, like there's so many bones coming off these, like so many little knobs and hooks for all of your muscles to attach to. <laughs> so these things aren't yeah. like, just like these round little things that are rotating with little donuts. In, yeah, and little donuts, smooth <laughs> surfaces and space. Like you move side to side, or you move back, and those spinous processes actually do touch or get close minus the connective tissue that's surrounding them um and then flexing forward they don't have that interruption they're a little more smooth on the front right so there's that too to work with maybe the flexion kind of gets some of those bony prominence out of the way i don't know for sure but maybe that's something to consider just in the shape Mm -hmm. of your vertebra each vertebra no that makes that makes total sense to me and i I love your suggestion of like the little flossy twisty Mm -hmm. um lean forward flossy twisty i think that's great i think that's great like yeah great work yeah i like (laughs) i like that a lot and then just moving like we said like practice twisting before you twist or we just were talking about like the bigger pose itself, like the full lunge with your back knee off the ground. And if you are hooking your elbow or not, if you are teaching this in a class, 
put that in like where where would you put it in ideally like probably not your first twist right wait the the full the full the full pose back knee off the ground and twisting as much as you can whether you're practicing the hook or not because i've had it dumped into classes um in a modified sun salutation right so oh so in the beginning in the beginning 20 minutes in the beginning yeah as the first twist that your body experiences yeah fuck no and it's yeah yeah, it's too much it's too much it's too much like okay maybe you're um teaching this very specific group that have they've done a bunch of twisting i don't know you're teaching gymnasts or something and maybe you're like warming them down so maybe that's a pose you do warming them down i don't know like there are scenarios where maybe it's okay but if we're talking about group yoga or one-on-ones or corporate yoga or Bodies that are coming into the room generally cool. They need some warming first, right? So yeah, yeah. But generally, yeah. if you're if you haven't done any twisting on the ground or standing with two feet, then the low lunge with your back knee down, and maybe you're just twisting, like bring bring your hands to your chest and you do a little bit of a flow so you can keep your thumbs locked to your sternum and just see how far you twist. And you can either do that right upright shoulders over your hips, or you can lean kind of halfway forward and practice Mm -hmm. maybe getting as far as your elbow tapping inside your knee. But you would honestly need to move your shoulders to be able to do that also. So yeah, the first 20 minutes of class, I always, I always explain them as like, this is all just warm up. So I, I rarely like hold anything and, and definitely very few things are leveraged. Um, so yeah, like a pose like this that's leveraged um, would be somewhere towards the middle of the class preparing for something either deeper or as a release for something. So um, Nat sort of mentioned before that twists are really good releases and preparations for spinal work because they do they they move your spine they increase the fluid um especially when you let go of the twist like it it is it does have that effect of like flooding back in um of the fluid so yeah like i would use it um really tactically in like a um a release for like a backbend um or, or maybe even a preparation for a backbend that we're going to do that's like a big backbend and we're already warm, all the joints are warm, all the muscles are firing, there's a lot of awareness into the hips um, and then yeah, let's go for it. But yeah, the first 20 minutes are that warm up settle in period for me. Mm-hmm. It takes a while. It takes a while. Yeah, and it just feels better in your body like you might, like you said, you might be able to physically do the pose you might you could put yourself in that position within the first 10 minutes of a class but then again then if you come out of it and it's like oh it feels like garbage or like the next (laughs) day you feel garbagey um you want your body to be hydrated and kind of have like this spring back quality instead of just Mm. stretch and pull out i love it yeah yeah like a like a buoyancy, like a bounce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hmm. totally. So <laughs> we bouncing. Yeah. So shoulders. <laughs> let's talk about sh- the shoulders again. Just like some other things I see, super common for people who are really trying to get the the hooked elbow again. Mm-hmm. Your top shoulder, or a lot of people, the top shoulder is kind of thrust forward. For whatever reason, maybe they're trying to like, like look over it. Yeah. 
Shoulder so my, is thrust my, forward. Yeah, my right leg is forward, then my right uh-huh. elbow is like the top elbow. Right hand is the yeah. top hand. And then uh-huh. I see this like shoulder really kind of thrust forward and your elbow is pointed towards the back of the mat. That makes sense. Do it. Put your hands together. Do a little twist but- and go. Do you ever see that? <laughs> so they're just not pushing into that top hand? It's just hanging out. Yeah. Oh, and like that's okay. it might be part of this what you talked about the how your shoulder blade can move on your back. So I yes, cue people to draw your top shoulder down away from your ear, and that helps get a shoulder down, uh-huh. and then lift your top elbow up towards the ceiling, which really okay. a- asks your rhomboids to do work. Yeah, yeah, which would. yeah, maybe they don't want to do. Um, yeah. So that will give that more of like stacked forearm look, like they're in a line. And that doesn't mean they need to be vertical, but your shoulder blade is just in a different position there. Yeah. Not crouched up by your ear. Um, Yeah. You doing it? Feels way better, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's like a a really like lazy, passive prayer hand. Yeah. It's just like the whole shoulder. People aren't understanding. They're thinking twist, right? Because they're being cued to twist. Like twist. Oh, okay. Inhale, extend. Exhale, twist. That thing. Mm. And it's like, oh, what's happening with my little chicken wing over here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, um, is speed an issue in that? Like, are they going too fast? No, it's just when they get there and, um, it's immobility of the shoulder blade on the back. So sometimes oh, okay. you're, you cue them and usually people can draw shoulder away from the ear. Usually yes. that's to some degree. But then kind of like pulling your shoulder blade back, like that is something that needs to be practiced. And again, that's why I would put it in at mm. some point earlier in the class. Um, Interesting. You can integrate yeah. that work into lunges like so easily unweighted, yeah. just like in a lunge, yeah. reach your arms forward, palms in, and then kind of pull your shoulder blades to the space under your armpits reach your fingers Mm. forward and then slide your shoulder blades back and your spine will move a little bit but that's just Mm -hmm. like really using those muscles without gravity yeah yeah teaching yeah i like it um i wonder if i wonder if it's good to even like go hands clasped behind your back pull the shoulder blades back and then keep the shoulder blades back and then reach the arms forward. Hands clasped behind your back, like hands bound, like you're holding your hand, you know, like interlaced hands. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Because that's usually like the easier way to feel it. You know what I mean? Like it's like a very easy way to feel retraction of shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, it's, I think there's lots of ways to teach so it. You, so you're like, you're in your lunge, you do that, you do some twist, and then you take your hands mm-hmm. out, put them in front of your chest. You know what it's, it would sort of be like? Um, it'd sort of be like drawing a bow for a bow and arrow. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where you have to like pull from the, the chest, the shoulder blade back and then the elbow wings back. I wonder if you could teach it like that and then leave that bow arm like that and then add the the other arm. So if I was like in a lunge, let's say, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and both of my arms are forward. And then let's say it's right foot forward, left foot back. My left hand is holding the bow. My right hand's going to grab the string. My right arm's going to pull back. My shoulder is going to pull back. I'm going to keep looking forward. My elbow is going to be pointing to the back of the room. My chest is already twisted, right? Mm-hmm. And then I make my right hand into a prayer hand, like a half prayer hand. And then I add the left hand into 
full prayer hand. Mm-hmm. You could, that might be a cool way. That's a cool to way. Feel the shoulder I like blade. that. You can um, add some sound effects as you do oh, it sh- to get like. Now let it go. <laughs> Sorry, you would. <laughs> Shoot your enemy. I would expect nothing less of you, Sandy. Um, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I like that. Draw the right elbow back. So right leg forward, right elbow back. But then maybe reach across the front of your chest with your left arm to move that shoulder blade in the opposite direction. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a yeah. really weird looking bow. <laughs> it's like a really weird bow and arrow. Yeah, so your, your left fingertips are really reaching towards the right side of the room. And that's going to actually maintain a bit of that flexion in your thoracic spine otherwise you might get like overextension Mm, and not be able to twist so you're like okay one shoulder blade your right shoulder blade is going in towards your spine the left shoulder blade is going away and then that like you're gonna pull with your arms to move 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 yeah yeah yeah. it feels really good actually in the muscles around my spine that feels that's really really cool yeah 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 i like that so okay you go bow and arrow first yeah (laughs) here's the setup you go bow and arrow then you lean forward Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you take the other arm across like you're reaching to the the corner of the mat yeah yeah Yeah. and my arm's not like perfectly straight when i do that on my left arm but it's like it's still across it's fine yeah and then you start to turn all while keeping your glutes really fired so your pelvis yeah Holy shit, a lot of things are going on in this posture. A lot of core stability work too. So that's the other thing is when you're not hooking the elbow, you have to hold yourself. You can't just lean. Mm, yes, that's why That's why I like the hover elbow, yeah. you know? Yeah. Another, well, another way coming into that is to get your lunge, hands in prayer, hands together at the center of your chest, lean forward, um, and then... I kind of first like cue the shoulders to move. So similarly, but with your hands already in that position, like draw your right shoulder in and start to pull your left shoulder blade away from your spine. So you can see like just in your shoulders, Mm. your body moves, your arms move, and then let your chest move with your thumbs as your arms, your right elbow lifts up towards the ceiling. And then you're going to think like you're pushing with your left elbow, like literally pushing something in space. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're tracing like something. Like pushing forward, you mean? Like to the right. So again, right leg yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. So with the yeah. tip of your left elbow, you're just kind of pushing something in space. And then yeah, you can like go as far as you want. And usually that pushing will move the shoulders more. Well, it, yeah, it'll protract that left shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Mm, I like so it. Bit. And then you can yeah. kind of like flow in and out of that three times. Come back to center and push and center push at some point. If you want to lock the elbow, you can. Um, That's cool. It's sort of like a Tai Chi move. Like your yeah. right arm is going to be pulling like a bowstring. Left arm is going to be pushing away. Like, I don't know. What's a push away thing? Mm. Push away the moose. I don't know. <laughs> it's a Canadian. Like <laughs> I'm done with this maple syrup. <laughs> Like, no more maple syrup, please. Slide it to the neighbor in front. I like it. I like it. I'm into this. I'm into this. The one benefit of hooking your elbow on the outside of your knee, should you be able to get it there without any pain or all that jazz, is to further work the muscles on the outside of your hip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The hip. Yeah. That is nothing. Like, if I am going to go there, that's probably my intention for my students. You can do you can do it with your back knee on the ground. Um, yeah, so like your knee pushes out into your elbow. 
Mm-hmm. And then when your yeah. knee pushes out into your elbow, you feel the muscles in the outside of your hip kind of fire in concert with all the, the big gluteus maximus going on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know Tiffany has taught this. I don't know if you've been in the same class as me, but it's like you're untwisting in your belly mm-hmm. to get a little more movement in your shoulders and thoracic spine. Now, how much that's necessary, I don't know. Again, you can see how that feels, but it feels more supportive in my body to get out of any twisting in the SI joint area. It, yeah, for me, it depends. Yeah. So it's again, Generally, it's that hooked, yeah, like, like leverage that we're talking about. Yes, yeah, iffy. we talked about before. Yeah, yeah, for me, it generally feels better. Um, but uh, I don't know. I can't speak for everyone. I don't know. Yeah, it generally feels better for me. Um, so the other thing I would say with yeah, working the abductors, the abductors mm-hmm. of the the hip. So if it's right leg forward, and you push your knee into the arm, um, then you're you're starting to turn on those glutes um, in a lengthened state, mm-hmm. um, which is really nice eccentric work. Um, but you can also do a little bit of work in the shoulder. <clears throat> So your left elbow that's across that knee that's pushing into the outer knee. Um, if you almost like act like you want to squeeze a pencil into that armpit and then push or into the knee so that the knee is it's like you want to push the knee into your midline, but you're, you're not going to let that happen. Um, you can get the posterior delt and the infraspinatus really well. They're the external rotation of the shoulder um, and the abduction of the shoulder as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So if you're you're looking for that in the shoulder. Yeah, that's good. I'm just like yeah. imagining it. And then the last one is probably working your adductors, your inner thigh muscles, by just tapping and holding, if you can get there, your elbow to the inside of your knee or inside of your leg. So still in a the same twist. Still so in the same left twist. elbow. Yeah, left elbow doesn't oh. go to the outside, and it's more accessible for a lot oh, of that's groups cool. too, depending on yeah. the, the population. Your it's class. less of a twist. Less of a twist, yeah. working stability in a different way. I do like that too. I don't think I've ever done that. Like tap to the inside and push. Mm-hmm. I like it. I cue yeah, that a lot. Like one. if I'm in a class where we're gonna hook the elbow eventually, I'll cue either or. Mm, yeah and then yeah so you get both sides of your hip turning on yeah I like it um I think so we talked a lot about the muscular skeletal system but there are like some traditional um uh things that you know the books tell us <laughs> and perhaps teachers have told us um about twists so uh Okay, number one that we we actually have a whole episode on this is whether or not it can detox you. Um, and the jury's still out on that. We we don't really, I don't know, maybe. Did we do detox from twists or detox from sweating or was it detox? Oh, detox from sweating. Yeah, yes. yeah, sorry. We did, yeah. So we haven't really done it. We haven't yeah. touched on whether twists detox you. Um, let's just say that, and we could probably say this <laughs> knowingly, that anytime you're moving your spine you have the potential to create more movement in your intestinal tract and it's different yeah, for basically. everyone like some people are like yeah. forward folds make you poop uh some people say <laughs> twists make you poop like for the most part when you're talking detox like getting things out of your body is a huge way to detox <laughs> So poop it. There's like phase one and phase two, liver detoxification. These are actually th- yeah. real things. I'm not going to go yeah. into that. 
phase three is getting it, getting the waste out of your system. Mm, so yeah, any movement, if twists are the thing that does move that for you literally, then yes, this will help you detox. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I yeah, like personally, I've had like mixed um, things with it. Like sometimes nothing happens. And then sometimes like I have a really good fart and then I have to go poop. <laughs> so like, I, I don't actually know. Like maybe there's something to it though, right? Like maybe there is something to it. Like I'm not going to discount it, but yet I would also not like advertise it either. Yeah. If you know what I mean? That's yeah, like, what I would say. Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> and I know a girl who has, um, she's a yoga teacher and I forget she has something where her large intestine is organized in a way where she's like, I need to twist. I forget which way. I have to always twist right first and then twist left or else it'll mm. like constipate me forever. Oh, It's crazy. Whoa, really? Yeah. She's like, it locks me like something folds or kinks, right? Your bowel can Ugh. kink. So she's yeah. like, always doing the opposite. I was in a class with her. She's doing mm. totally opposite. And I'm like, I wonder why she's just not listening to the teacher. This is super interesting. And then she's mm. like, I have to do, I have to twist in this way or else it'll totally back me up. And she's yeah. like, it's just something yeah. like years and years. I know this about my body. This is a thing. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. a case for everything. There really is a case for everything. That's like, oh my gosh. If you're not yeah, going, exactly if it's not making it. you go to the bathroom though, like I'd be very hesitant to say like twisting is detoxifying. I, your liver is tucked way up under your rib cage. Is there some compression there, some mechanical compression that does help to, to process, like to do phase one and phase two detoxification? I don't know. Um, you'd have to talk to like an endocrinologist, a doctor, <laughs> practitioner of Chinese medicine, Ayurveda. Yeah. Like I'd look, I'd want to look for science there. That's a big fat. Maybe, maybe someone yeah. can give us some um, literature yeah. would be appreciated if you guys do know. I don't, I don't know if there is any actually. Um, but yeah, one of the things they say is like, oh, it'll increase blood flow to the organs, mm -hmm. but whether or not blood flow to the organs will increase their efficiency is again, the other debate. Like, cardio increases blood flow mm -hmm. does that make my liver better i don't know maybe. maybe maybe not well like your 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 liver processes your blood and cleans it and removes the toxins toxins are stored within your fat cell a lot of them are stored within your fat cells fat mm -hmm. cells are good for that um so there's a lot of things that are required for detoxification yeah, yes. it's, a, it's yes. a big friggin' topic. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I would say <clears throat> that I, I sort of do have like a little bit of belief in. Um, well, I know di di digestion sometimes, again, that sometimes works for me, sometimes no. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it's also not the first thing I would do. So if I'm constipated, I wouldn't just go and twist. I would go eat some kale and, <laughs> you know, fiber. But like, so it's not like the first thing I would do. Um, but the other thing that it, it um, they say is like a benefit of twists are the challenge to the breath, which I can I can sort of see because your ribs are turned and you know your lungs are right underneath your ribs and for me it is a little bit harder to breathe your diaphragm is kind of smooshed up um so there is like a, a kind of like a nice stress on the breathing whole apparatus the ribs diaphragm and lungs everything sort of just gets i don't know it gets like put in a different orientation mm -hmm. and, and it feels sort of like oh, okay cool now i'm gonna breathe here and like allow my body to be okay with this orientation and it's kind of cool yeah i think just 
the awareness of your breath in a twist, whether you are trying to change it or not, um, has amazing benefits, just the awareness of your breath. Because it really does make you kind of check yourself when there is that Mm. change, right? Mm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I like it. I really like it for that as well. Yeah, it it does help with the awareness of breath. Um, The other thing, I guess, that traditional yoga says is that energetically twists are balancing, um, which I don't know, they can be both heating or cooling um, for the body. Again, just depending on what came before and after. Yeah, I agree with that. They're really, you can, they have so many purposes. One of the things like, I don't think we mentioned in practicing the twisted lunge, revolve lunge, whatever you want to call it, is the effect that it has on balance. So you Ooh, you really yeah. are, you're not on two feet. Well, you're on two feet, but they're not side by side. So there is that extreme balance challenge, not as much as a one-footed posture, right? So it's really nice intermediate to maybe something more complicated or just standing on one foot eventually in some pose. Um, mm-hmm. That can be a preparation for that. And then also just kind of you're working your proprioception of your back leg because you really can't see it. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. There's there's definitely benefits there. Mm-hmm. I don't think we yeah, talked sure. about it, but with the twisting of the hips, sometimes you see the person's back heel kind of start to lean out to the side. Right. Um, yeah. Which is good because it means they're not like twisting in their knee if their hips are twisting, although your ankle has the ability to move. But you want to, yeah, get that heel upright, have your back foot up and down or facing forward you're 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 the sole of your foot doesn't necessarily have to be vertical in a lunge there's a lot of different ways you can have your foot oriented there but forward Mm -hmm. and then just kind of feeling that in space and it's nice for a teacher to to check you because if it feels like it's upright and it's not um then you can put it back into place then just feeling that having that proprioception for your body in in space yeah, which is like a huge component, a huge benefit that like many, many yoga postures can give you. And this one like for sure does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Or like even like thinking like Nat was saying before, like think about your back glute. Can you activate it there to lift up that thigh bone? Um, yeah, that's it's really it, it does demand a lot, challenges a lot, that proprioception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Body awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. I remember the first time I did a twisted lunge, I th- I was right beside a wall, thankfully, because I was going down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us more. It was story time. It was just like, actually, it was, uh, I don't even know what class it was. I remember I was in Waterloo during my master's. And thank God I was right by that wall because I think in the, I think it was like a moksha studio. So they usually practice certain postures which is now modo um and they don't have a twisted lunge in their series so it was another woman that was teaching i think like a modified ashtanga but like really 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 modified um a lot more similar to what we'd see as like a slow vinyasa right now Mm -hmm. and she taught the twisted revolve lunge and like yeah it was just all i could do like the i could not i didn't have any hip stability muscle contraction whatsoever like there was just not a lot there Uh, and twisting and so just like the twist itself puts you out of balance right and then 
my two little legs were just shaking from my hips. I remember my quads were on fire. Holy shit. And yeah, I just started to lean towards the wall and thankfully put my hand out and boop, just like drop myself, push myself back. But yeah, it it takes a lot. That long stance really can throw you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh man. I can't remember the first time I was in Twisted Lunge. It's like, oh, buried in the archives of my mind right now. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you would have just done the revolved side angle because you Ashtanga was your first practice, right? No, no. Ashtanga was my first. Oh, I thought it was um, your first. No, it was. It consumed a lot of my years, but not. No. Okay. I think my first my first class was a moksha class. Oh, okay. Um, so I can't. I don't know. I just remember feeling like exhausted after. Yeah. <laughs> um but I I don't I don't remember the postures um and then after that like I did like all all the yogas yeah yeah and then I settled on Ashtanga ah cool but yeah that's that's fun that's nice yeah like when I'm when I've taught this to I taught a class called yoga for stiff guys I've mentioned this one before like that is a big pose for stiffer Mm. more worked bodies bodies that have done a lot of movement and or sitting at the desk and combinations thereof like it is a huge huge pose and I think it can be forgotten in those more mobile yoga teacher bodies Mm -hmm. where you can really make this an effective posture that is quite accessible for most people especially if you're not hooking the elbow and it just has has so much challenge for the body it's a good one yeah yeah I think we mentioned a lot of like really good variations that you can like feel different things so hopefully that gives if you're a yoga teacher out there gives you some um ideas spark some inspiration so that you can go create some some really good informed classes eh? yeah like the more basic that was so canadian hey 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 together class hey and just let her hey? just let her rip <laughs> if you need to poop after this pose the door is right there oh man um, no, I was lying in bed last night and getting super jazzed about it because it is what seems when you've been practicing for a while and teaching for a while, it does seem like a pretty basic posture um, mm. and it can be tossed in. But it, I can see yeah, that. It, yeah. it can't. But it I mean, there's a lot of more fancier postures like you can go from this into any of your twisted arm balances, side crow, Dwipada Kundanyasana. Yeah. Um, Ekapada Kundanyasana one. Those ones are twisted. Yeah. 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 So maybe those get like the glorification. And sometimes people like they get you into this pose and like, oh, if it's there for you, do you can do like this. You can do Ekapada Kundanyasana one, right? And may, maybe mm. with a more advanced class, sure. But like in a lot of populations, this twist can be the pose. It could be huge. Yeah. I think a lot of people also try to bind it as like a advancement. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that, oh man, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm working like all shoulders if I'm even thinking about that. It's, it's mm. my hips are going to be locked. I'm not going there in my lower back for my body. I know that I, I will cause some movement there that I don't want to. So it's mm-hmm. all just yeah. working my shoulders. And if my shoulders are moved as much as they can, then yeah, no need to bind anything. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The bind is a really... It's like very specific bodies. <laughs> yeah. Very specific anatomies. Yeah. But um, yeah, we can we can touch on that more another time. I think we're, we're getting long in the tooth. Yeah. So this is our last 
one for the year for December. So we are not going to have a episode on December 25th because it's Christmas, man. Well, it's holidays, man. It's holidays. It's, like, it's Christmas. I'm not working. I'm taking time off. I don't care what you celebrate. For me, I'm just celebrating not working, which is like, yep. yeah, man, that's And everyone, like, we could <laughs> pre-record and do it, but I think it's better for people just to unplug. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's not what you want to do, but we're just going <laughs> to, we'll give all of us the break and uh, we'll come back on the new year. So we'll have one January 1st. Yeah, we're going to mic drop this shit and walk out of this place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but you know what? The new year is going to be so exciting. Like Nat and I actually have so much planned. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. 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 We have some new types of episodes coming out. We'll probably have some shorter, more bite-sized pieces of um, inspiration for teachers and from other teachers. And yeah. we're going to be really working on some cool giveaways for you guys that occur i know i'm so excited often. yeah yeah because some sometimes it's like you just need that you know like inspiration or that book or that thing and it just like it elevates what you have to give yeah so we're gonna give, yeah, really give shit away really in the excited. new year fuck yes <laughs> <laughs> all right well it's been an awesome year yeah we'll yeah catch you in 2020 holy shit whoa <laughs> holy shit 2020 all right guys all right, bye. bye have a great holiday see ya <laughs> bye